You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Pat's pals and Foxborough friends, the worldwide of Patriots Nation over, we welcome you back to the latest and, as always, greatest episode of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI, WEEI.com, Odyssey, Sports, and a bunch of other people that we've never met before, but who say we're doing an excellent job. It's your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens here alongside Andy Jumbo Hart on today's edition of the podcast. We will give you our final thoughts on the <clears throat> bumpy, if not interesting, 2022 preseason. I mean, we don't really, you know, game plan for preseason. It's just it's preseason. We'll also give you a quick 53-man projection for the 2022 roster, which uh, by the time you're listening to this uh, could ju- be just moments, if not hours away. Your 2022 Patriots coming together, 45 game day. Eight in reserve, 16 on the practice squad. Plus, we'll talk about Bill Belichick on the radio today. Uh, and Andy's got thoughts about Tom Brady being number one. Hi, Andy. How are you? Hi. How are you? I, 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 I think it's great that in honor of uh, cut downs, we cut shine from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, right now. Shime. Now we are, of course... <clears throat> There is no Chris primetime shine today to get the uh, masses riled up. Of course, last week he made waves all over Odyssey Sports, EEI, and Pat's Nation with his takes on Bill Belichick, which I was party to, and I had my own wee critiques, if you will, ende. Uh, but boy, Chris Scheim, uh, too, good thing he's busy every weekend uh, drinking, golfing, or making radio because if he ever showed up at Gillette Stadium, who boy. I know a couple of folks that would like to give him the what for the hey now and a little bit of the biz. Well, I don't want to say he went too far, but Stephen A. Smith called and said he went too far. (laughs) First take, more like worst take. Uh, Now, we are recording this today across the Fitzy GFY socials because primetime shime time could not be with us. So some folks are actually watching now um, on the Twitter and my Facebook And right here, Andy, I just want to get to this comment right off the top. Someone watching on YouTube Live, Patriots 105.7. Sounds like a great, probably a radio station you and I would host the morning show for. Patriots 105.7. For Uh, like eight months till it fails. (laughs) I was going to say, till like, I mean, I always get run out of my time slot, so it would only be a matter of time. Uh, Patriots 105.7 says, so how much alcohol do we need this season, Fitz? A lot of bad vibes this preseason. All right, Andy, that segues right into the first topic here on at Six Rings Pod. I say it that way because, of course, you guys know to follow us on the Twitter. And you can hit us up at sixringspod at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Let's go, Andy. The 2022 preseason. Uh, feel free to give it a score from 0 to 100. Give it a grade from A to F. Um, your final thoughts and takeaways now that we both were treated, like so many, to that wonderful 23-6 to 6 loss, if you will. The game plan-free loss 
uh, to the Raiders last Friday. Well, let's start there because I'm getting sick of hearing people say, well, you know, they don't game plan. Do you think the other team games planned? Did you think the Raiders second and third string players who your ones were playing against were game planning? Because I don't think they were. The reality is it was a brutal preseason, brutal training camp. You know how we know that? Because they keep telling us to focus on the process, not the results. Mac Jones chastised me for labeling the results failure. Um, Well, the good news is we can all get on the same page now because the regular season, as Mac said, real football is upon us and the results are about to matter. You have less than two weeks before you take on the Dolphins in Miami, but I don't it was bad. Like it was just bad. I mean, I think it started, you and I talked a little bit about this on our weekend show. I think it Mm -hmm. started with the offensive line against the Raiders and the offensive line has been an issue throughout the summer. The one thing almost like Andy and I, excuse me for stepping in, but it's almost like, and I think I said this Saturday, but let's say it again uh, for the masses like Laura Pinger, who says Bill is making me nervous. And Scott DeFelice, who says he's trying to remain positive, but Friday night was not pretty. It's almost like their offensive line is coached by somebody who's not there half the time because he's also offensive coordinating for the first time. And and there's a lack of communication. You know what should happen is the O-line coach sit down with the offensive coordinator and they should have a conversation about how they need to prioritize getting this friggin' offensive line together. Everyone at the station is like, we were the first ones on it. And now Fourier and all the radio shows in town, all the TV peoples, everyone is saying the same thing. The O-line is a mess, and this team is only going to go as far as the O-line is going to go. And right now, whether Mac runs himself into sacks or not, that's a problem. It's bad news bears. I've been dubbing it on this podcast a house of cards for a long time, dating back to late winter, early spring, whenever we started talking about it. And... I think I was being generous. I I don't know that it's reached house of cards status yet because house of cards, right? You're impressed by it, but you don't think it can last. I've not been impressed by it. It is not productive Mm -mm. in any way. And they were back out there against the Raiders. We can talk about the week before when Trent Brown was benched and Isaiah Wynn was hurt and they moved on Wenu back out, whatever. Um, We can also talk about Coke Strange, which I think is very funny. A new name for Cole Strange, a little typo from our friend Sean Jeez, I should have read that before I decided to say it. Um, but the, the, the and we all know that if the offensive line isn't good, everything else falls apart. You can have great receivers, great quarterback, great running back. And we all have varying thoughts about those positions. How good Mac is, how good Damian Harris or Ronder Stevenson are, how good the receiving talent is. But if the line doesn't get it, you know what together. And I thought David Andrews post game in Las Vegas was, um, dejected I, I don't even know what the proper words are i wanted to go up and get like hey bear you need a hug buddy yeah like, and yeah i just i wanted to like buy him a beer and be like oh like little give him an attaboy and be like it's a cheer up buttercup it's a buck up buckaroo didn't that feel like Ugh. um like reality setting in or like him acknowledging the situation through his emotions and there was even one quote where it was like you know we just all need to figure out who we're supposed to block and then block them and i was like well, yeah, that's how offensive line play works. But the fact that we're done with the preseason and you still think you all need to figure out who you're supposed to block is a concern. So uh, defensively, I was, you know, I had kind of been trending upward on the defense, kind of positive. Ooh, maybe they're better than we thought they were. 
Well, Jarrett Stidham and company uh, sliced them and diced them, went right up and down the field. They were oh, as much a part oh. of the problem as the offense. So, Oh, dude, if that's going to be a preview of the season and Stephen Devine Sr. checking in right here, he's watching on Facebook as we record the Six Rings pod. We all need a hug after that game in Vegas. Ugh. Um, or as Andy Hart likes to say, Ugh. Uh, uh. So, uh, yeah, if that, if Jarrett Stidham picking apart the Patriots, mostly first team defense, is this, and of course, it's Josh McDaniels. He knows where the bodies are buried. He knows the truth behind all the rumors. He's been here a couple or was here a couple, few, many, several seasons and won a lot of games and many championships with the Patriots. If anyone's going to use a former Patriot to pick apart the current Patriots, that almost sounded like a tongue twister. I got through it. I'm impressed. Mold, mildly. I, I impress easily. Until you st- then it's stuttered. Gonna, until I stuttered and cr- completely crapped the bed. Yeah. Patting myself on the back. <laughs> doling out undue accolades. Uh, it, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Josh McDaniels using Jarrett Stidham. But if that's a sneak preview of what we're going to see this year with the zone defense and people being like, oh, you know, what you just got to do is run the tight end 20 yards up the seam. I'm going to lose my friggin' mind. Yeah, it's it, and there was flashes like there was that actually great Stidham play throwing the ball away with mm-hmm. uh, Matt Judon wrapped around him. So we're still seeing flashes of what I think can be a good defense or at least flashes of areas that can be good. I still have questions about linebacker, and I still we're all going to have questions about the cornerback position going into the season, probably midway through the season, even till they start to get some of their tougher matchups. Hell, when they say Las Vegas again, and Las Vegas includes, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know, Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams and, oh, man. and Waller, like the mm-hmm. real Raiders who, yep. who will be game planning, but you'll get to game plan for them. So sure, you'll be better off. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, there's questions everywhere. You know, the one good thing, let, let's spin this on its head. Come positive. Okay. Hey, listen, that's what we try to do. As always, a bucket do. of lemons. I try to make chicken do. salad. That's how the analogy goes, right? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, this bucket of lemons gives you chicken salad called Nick Folk and Jake Bailey because they're in midseason form. They're ready to go. So I think special teams could be ready to go. And the good news is wow. Bailey was crushing the ball. He was. And uh, he's going to get a lot of chances to crush the ball this year because I think they're going to punt a lot. <laughs> And last night I had a fantasy draft and I almost took Nick Folk and then I didn't. And I want Nick Folk on my team as badly as anyone else in the world, especially, you know, when you're the one who gives him the nickname Big Kick Nick and you think that he's the, you know, you had him number two on your ranking of the top 90 Patriots. I, you know, I think he's the MVP of the team, if not the league. Uh, I didn't take Nick Folk because I was afraid he may not even get enough options or opportunities to score. And then I I think it's a legitimate question. And that made me sad. And that made yeah. me very sad that I had the, he was right there in front of me and I could have had him. He could have been all mine. And I could have loved him and pet him and nicknamed him BK, BKN. And instead, I backed away because I'm afeard they're not going to get in striking range or they're going to have to go for it more often than not because they could be down to some of these teams who look better. And by the way, everyone who wants to say to us right now or who's listening and just going like, oh, it's just the preseason. Belichick himself told you this morning, you knuckleheads, you hot take jakes that he doesn't game plan for the preseason and he thought it was good and everyone feels like they're making progress. I saw a lot of preseason football. I made myself sit through slog after pretend game, after warm up, after workout. And plenty of other teams looked really sharp this preseason. It's okay when it doesn't count to still play good football. This is only the fifth time they've had a losing preseason record in the Bill Belichick era. 23 years. This is only the fifth time they've had a preseason record. Last two times they've had a losing record in the preseason. They did indeed open the season at 2-2. and And we can get into the regular season at a later date, but 
I'm not sure they're ready for the regular season. And there's two weeks to go. The one problem I would say is this idea, and Bill actually brought up this idea unsolicited in his uh, press conference at Gillette Stadium today that you don't know what your team is till midseason. And mm -hmm. the idea that he said these words, September is an extension of the preseason. Well, guess what? You suck in the preseason right now. So if September looks like August, then they're porked. And I do believe if they're not ready to go in week one and week two, and you lose those two games, let's say you go 0-2, Okay. Your season's borderline over because those are games that if you're going to be competitive, if you're going to be that tweener team that maybe wins 10 games, maybe stays in the hunt. Scrapping for a playoff spot. Yes. Oh, no, stop. I mean, like, dude, they like, first of all, that quote unquote extended preseason, it counts. Those games all count in the 17. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll yes and or I'll up one on that one, too. How about this? The first game is against an AFC East opponent in a place that you usually lose. That is your house of horrors, your Bermuda Triangle, uh, you know, Miami Gardens, Hard Rock Stadium. That's your the Triangles in Miami. Uh, it's it's a, it's uh, just go due east. Close enough. It's a metaphor. Just work with me here. Uh, you know, that's Miami is the climate outside the Patriots annual window and they're starting off the season there. So you could be 0-1 in the AFC East already. And then you stay in the conference for game two when you go to Mitchburg and take on the Stellars the next week. Like, two and two in the first four games would be remarkable. And let's say the Patriots, okay, they didn't game plan. They're knocking out the kinks. They see a lot of what they did. They scrap it. They go back to what they were doing. And we get something resembling the early version of the 2021 Patriots now just flash forward to 2022. Two and two would be my best guess. And if they lose those first two games, you're telling me they're going to come back and beat Balmer and then go on the road and beat Rodgers. Nope. If you go 0-2, uh, you're probably going to be 0-4. If you go 0-4, the season is over. And we're doing draft <laughs> preview podcast in November. Okay. Best comment I have seen in a long time. Jeff Stenberg, who's watching on the YouTubes, says, anyone else feel like this team is basically just that meme of the dog sitting on a chair in a burning room? Everything is fine. This is fine. That's what I tweeted during the game. When the Patriots ones were getting <laughs> whooped by the Raiders twos and threes, I just tweeted, this is fine with the little dog sitting in the burning room. Like, oh, my God. We need, I, we need it. So can somebody draw? If anyone can, I will I send can. you a T-shirt in return. I know you can't draw, and I could, and I can't carry a tune with a strap and a handle, let alone do anything artistic. But let me, let me just say right now, if anybody can possibly – do pat the Patriots sitting at the table instead of the dog with fire around him. And it says, this is fine. I will reward you with uh, some sort of merch or beverage or both. That would be amazing. I wish I could do it. Uh, you know, what actually is most alarming to me is Bill Belichick's post-game press conference in Las Vegas. I thought he was uh, strangely cheery or like off his meds, just joking, <laughs> but like in this weird way. And I almost wondered, he also brought up the idea that, oh, we left all our plays on the practice field where almost universally they sucked on the practice field. Yeah. Oh, hey, Bill, did you and Linda go shopping on the strip in Vegas? And if so, uh, how was lunch at the Excuse Factory? Bill right. never does that. He never well, You know why I think does he does it? You know why I think he does it? It's the old Parcellian. When you have a good team that's not playing well, you kick them in the ass. When you have uh -huh. a bad team that's not playing well, sometimes you got to pat them on the back and build them up. I think he's starting to wonder if this is going to be such a poop show to start the year. 
that he needs to be building these guys up and patting them on the back because there are harder times ahead. And he can't keep saying, trust the process and the results don't matter. Sooner or later, the goddamn result. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. That's a dollar in the GD jar that we don't go that far. You chiding me for dropping S and F bombs occasionally on the pod. How dare you, sir? You son of a bitch. Uh, I think the technical or operative term for what we're afraid this season could turn out to be uh, is Fuster Cluck. Yes. And that's the way I have rearranged the letters uh, in the operative word that many people may refer to this team as if they continue as presently constituted. Uh, Joe DeFarias wants to know, Andy, yeah. do we think the Pats will have a better record than the Jets? I can't believe it's come to this. Is this real life? Is this uh, real life? I don't feel great right now. Now, I've told you, my expectations were mid-tier, non-playoff team, fight for 500, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not freaking out yet. But you do believe. I posed a question to you, Nick Fitzy Stevens, on our radio mm-hmm. show over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Better chance they make the playoffs or pick in the top 10 picks in the draft. And you took top 10 picks in the draft. Correct? I, I did. I owned it. The, the audio was there. You've got receipts. So got proof. I, I know we'll be accused of like prisoner of the moment and reactionary and hot takes. Can I ask you a question? What does this team do better than you thought? Sure, would? See a grown man naked. What's that? What do you think this team does now better than you thought it would coming into like the off season, the summer expectations, you had them as a borderline 10 win team. Is there anything this team does better now than you expected? Yes. Frustrate me. <laughs> exactly. No, they, there's, the, there's no, no honestly, Okay, I heard them making a, a similar point on the radio a little while ago, and I want to go a little further with this. Here's my, my biggest fear, uh, obviously, aside from intimacy and being buried alive or snakes or snake clowns, uh, clowns and snakes, uh, would be that Mac regresses this year, that it becomes unfun to watch the Patriots, and in year two, he takes a step backward, regardless of if it's because of the offensive coordinators or lack thereof, the talent around him, the offensive line, whatever. That is... Mac developing and giving you hope for the future is paramount to any and every and all things this particular Patriot season. And he looks so damn miserable right now. And if by all accounts, he takes a step back this year, that'll make me so freaking mad because this team will be so unpleasant to watch. Fourier made this point. It looks like last year was Mac's sophomore season, and now he looks like a rookie. How in the holy fried blunder f did that is that happening what how how it's very simple who did we mock last year the quarterback taken first in the draft because his organization was a poop show his coaching staff was a poop show he was not prepared for games right trevor lawrence was put in a bad position last year it looks like this year he's put in a good position why they hired a former quarterback, a Super Bowl winning coach who knows offense. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to be great or the next Super Bowl champions or dynasty in Jacksonville, but he has now received competency, competency, leadership at the at the in on the offensive side, right? And that mm-hmm. in theory is going to help Trevor Lawrence take a year two jump. Flip the script in New England a year ago. Mac Jones was the best rookie quarterback in part because he had the structure, the organization, the offensive coordinator, the system, the whole Uh thing. Oh, they're holding him back. But are they molding him properly while holding him back? Now he has a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach as his sounding board, as his advisors. And stunningly, it's weird. It's almost like the entire world said, well, that doesn't look like that's going to work. That doesn't seem like that's a great idea to make a defensive coordinator, the, the play caller and communicator. 
to make a special teams coach a, a, a quarterback's coach. Damnedest thing is happening. It's not working. It doesn't look good. And then the greatest question of all, why the need to change the scheme when it looked like Mac was well on his way to running the scheme at a really high level as a rookie? And I don't care that Josh McDaniels left. Guys have left before. You could have maintained the same scheme. They chose not to. Bill Belichick chose to streamline it. And the streamlining is a, what did you refer to it as? Fuster cluck. Fuster cluck. Absolutely. <laughs> In August, it's a fuster cluck. I don't know what September, October, maybe they won't be fuster clucks, but right now it's a fuster cluck. The Foxborough fuster cluck has returned. Yes. Oddly enough, when I we had to propose and come up with names for our WEEI Patriots podcast, they turned down Foxborough fuster cluck and we landed on six rings and football things. Uh, I'll leave us with this comment from Kenny Tasney, who's watching live on Facebook as we wrap up this segment, Andy. It's entirely possible the first time HC in Miami flops and can't get past Bill. I was more afraid of Brian Flores. And Buffalo did lose their offensive coordinator. Don't lose faith, guys. The Pats could shock people again. It's true, Kenny. The Patriots could shock people again. They either will scrap what they didn't do well or fix what they didn't do well, which was plentiful, bountiful, uh, abundant, if you will, this preseason. And then they will come out and play much better football and continue to grow and develop this year and make it look like a sequel to last year. That would be great. And then that's what the preseason was for. Crap in the bed, figuring out how not to crap it again, and then getting a new bed. Or they could come out and they could crap the bed in spectacular new ways and continue to look like a team that's in disconnect and disarray with odd communication issues and a lot of people trying to feel out and figure out what the hell it is they're doing out there. And it could be, well, like we said, a bit of a Fox bro. Fuster Cluck. Thanks for uh, playing along with us on the socials. Thank you guys for listening at Six Rings Pod. You ever want to uh, have us uh, answer a question? Because we don't always do them on my socials. Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. We promise we read every question. Now we'll read the emails. I didn't say we'll always read them on the air, but make it good uh, or make fun of Andy. And I guarantee your question will get read.